Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cho, Cho, what's up, man? It's Captain, man. Check this out. I know you and be legit finna get in here and get down on this song, right? But y'all can't be talking bad about bros, man. No. Y'all ain't here talking about sucking this and sucking that and you know, oh shit. Here come B pulling up in the 600, blowing big weed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the free agency edition of Believe in Vikings. But what it really is, for better or for worse, is the Fred Smooch Show. Um, if you tuned in tonight to listen to a bunch of free agency chatter, we're really going to be talking about Fred Smoot. And I'm not uh, sure how closely he follows the current Vikings, so we might be able to get into some of that. Otherwise, we're going to talk to Mr. Smoot. And pick his brain over certain topics. That's on the docket for tonight. He's the first, uh, first time he's joined the show. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. It's that time of year, and college basketball takes center stage with a tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is number one spot for all of your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use this promo code BLEAV, BLEAV, to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Fred, first time on the show, sir. Um, we haven't heard from you for a while, so this is a Viking show. We want to know what the heck you've been up to, my man. Ah oh, man, back in the DMV, living life, enjoying it, watching the Vikings make some changes, watching the Washington Commanders. I got to get used to saying that. The Washington <laughs> Commanders make some change. And just really getting excited about this year in the NFL, man. The NFL has turned into the NBA when it comes to the, the offseason right mm-hmm. now. It certainly has. What uh, What Vikings moves have jumped off the page at you, if any? Well, I know this one thing. Uh I always stayed away from investing in stocks, but I'm going to let Kirk Cousins be my stock investor because the one thing Kirk Cousins know how to do is get money at a high level. Every time. But, but honestly, they, they got Coach McConnell over there. And if you know, Coach McConnell was here with McVay mm-hmm. and the rest of the guys. So I got a chance to really know him. I think him and Kirk going to have some brewing because he knows Kirk's strengths. He knows Kirk's weaknesses. But he also knows how to build a roster. So you're gonna look for a lot of veterans, maybe get pushed out for a lot of for a lot of new blood. Okay, Ron, take it away. What do you got for Fred tonight? Well, Fred, nice to meet you. Um, you know, I was always a big fan of your four year oh, time with the Vikings. Cheers, brother. Cheers, cheers man. I, <laughs> it's my son's first birthday today, so usually I don't drink. When hey, congrats! Tell uh, him happy birthday. <laughs> all right, appreciate it. Uh, but anyway, so I was a huge fan of yours before we got you. Uh, mainly, like, well, obviously because of your play. I know the the quotable aspect of it of the two thirds of the world is covered by uh, by water, the rest covered by Fred Smoot. Um, so pairing you with Antoine Winfield to me, I thought I was like, here we go. We've never had a lockdown corner. Now we do. Um, now I think. Mm-hmm schematically might not have been the best fit more so for you than the Vikings being a cover mm-hmm. two versus I see you as that lockdown man corner. Yeah. And uh, how do you feel about that? As far as your time here playing that cover two versus, you know, where you excel at, which is that man to man, like I'm going to lock you down and, and call it a day. Well, like I tell my children in life, you know, just cause you like something, you're comfortable with some, you're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to adapt and you're going to have to adapt at a, at, at a great scale. So I, I found it fun, man. I love the players I played with in Minnesota. I love the Williams brother, Pat and Kevin. I had to be <laughs> the tackles. 
you know, like you said, I had Antoine Winfield with me. I had Tweezy. I had Darren Sharper. I had Corey Chavis. Uh, actually, that year that I made it to Minnesota, we was picked to win the Super Bowl that year. All right, we had Big Mac. We had uh, Dante Culpepper. We had the rest of those guys on the offense. In the first game of the year, this is the first time in the league that I had a quarterback. Like, all the rest of my quarterback was Jeff Georges and Tony Banks <laughs> and the other Hasselback brother. I had never had a quarterback. So I was like, all right, this is my year. I got a quarterback. We finna go do it. Second quarter of the first game, Dante tear his knee up. And I had to tear the team. It was me. I, I'm a quarterback jinx. If I get a quarterback, he's going down. But I really enjoyed the time I spent there and enjoyed the players, man. I really enjoyed the players, man. Now, right. follow up to that. Sorry, real quick to interrupt, but follow up to that. When you, um, you know, when you left the Vikings and went back to Washington, yeah. you had that game, that Sunday night game. I know we had the snowstorm out there because I was tailgating out there right around. To go to the playoffs. It was a playoff. You, to go to the playoffs. And you had a pick six, right? Right, yeah. like right off the bat, right? How did yeah. that feel? Like, I know as me as a Vikings fan, I, I hated it, but also I was like, man, that's my boy. I love I love that, but I hated it. <laughs> you know um, what? It had, a, it had a hint, a stench of revenge on it, you know? It had a stench of revenge on it. It was more of like, uh, it was like when you go in the restaurant and your ex see you with your new girl. And your new girl is better than her. That's what it was about. That's what it was. I went back to Minnesota and I brought a dime piece with me. So I really enjoyed it. And also, it was for both of us to go to the playoffs. The winner of the game go to the playoffs. So if you want to make an impact and make a sting, I thought that was the way to make it happy. Sorry about that, Big Mac. I ain't mean to hate on (laughs) y'all. Sally, Sally, you're on with Fred. What do you got? (laughs) Hi, Fred. How are you doing? I'm good. So I'm curious, just, you know, topical. We've got uh, free agency going on right now. What were your experiences like when you were a free agent um, between, well, both experiences, but when you went to the um, Vikings specifically? Uh, I only had one free agent chance, and that was the chance. And uh, most people didn't know it, but I had a trip to Pittsburgh after that. I was going to, uh, I think, go to the New Orleans Saints, and then I was going to take me a rest. I wasn't going to take no more trips for a while because I really, in my head, want to go back to Washington. I was just, you know, playing the field. And when I landed in Minnesota, Coach Tyson was like, uh, I hate to tell you this, but I'm not going to let you leave. And I'm like, what you mean when you're not going to let me leave? I got to go to Pittsburgh in a couple days. He's like, no, I'm not going to let you leave until we figure out a way to make sure that you sign with the team. So anytime a team pursue you like that and want you like that and show that they want you and cordially show you the city and do things, it makes it hard for you to leave. And, and especially when I had never played outside of Washington. Washington was all I knew. The NFC um, East was all I knew. So when I started to learn about the NFC North and I already played Green Bay a couple of times and the Bears and the history behind it, I said, you know what? Why not be a Viking? You know, why not? And I had already been one of them guys for some reason since high school. I've always played in the shade of red, a maroon, a burgundy. Uh-huh. So that was my first time ever putting on a different color that wasn't a shade of maroon. So it actually was refreshing for the time that it lasted. So I enjoyed my time in Minnesota. I tell people all the time, very underrated city. You never hear anybody say I'm going vacation to Minneapolis. But I promise you, if you go, you real return. You come at the right time. It's a it's a blast. Yeah, you you, you real return. And you so, know, I do want to touch on too, like your free agency. Like you, 
So you went back to Washington as a free agent. Now Washington has this stigma as like an organization that doesn't seem to be run well. Like what was it about Washington that drew you uh, back there? Like, was it just the familiarity that you had prior or like, was there something else about it? It ain't been ran well. Cause if people hate millionaires, they show hate billionaires. And just because somebody became a billionaire doing something, (laughs) don't make them great at everything that they do. I think Dan catches that flat, but I'm sorry. When you come to the nation's, capital hey it's a hard place to live the, the dmv is very diverse in that way there's no other place you can stay in america where you get a city the capital city in the middle of virginia and, and at the border of maryland so you get all three at one time i can literally go to the mountains and go to the beach at the same day like yeah. three four airports <laughs> it's, it's maneuverable to me can't no place compare to the dmv so I, as much as i love minnesota I was homesick. I was very homesick when I left. And I went into the office and I told Ziggy Whip that. Like, I went in and negotiated my way back to Washington because I knew if I wanted to play the best I could play, I need to be happy outside of just football. Right. Tom, take it away. Uh, hey, Fred. I'm glad you could take a couple minutes away from running through an okra patch to join us you here. Don't know no, you don't know nothing about that okra patch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I'm I'm a Reddit guy. I, I went through all of those. That's how I prepared for this. Didn't watch any games. Just went through Reddit. All right. Different kind Game of film is. study there, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh so I know that you prided yourself on never missing a game. Uh what is the worst injury you ever played through? And are you feeling any of the ill effects today? Well, I answer the last question first. We all feeling the ill effects of that that, that football career because it yeah. don't start. It don't start in college. It don't start in high school. We start playing football when we five, six, seven, six years old, beating that body up. So yes, but the, the the injury I think I played through that really shocked me was I fractured my sternum. So my sternum was cracked Ooh. open, and uh, they said you can either play through the pain, or uh, you can sit out the rest of the year. And I was like, well, so what is the pain going to be like? They're going to like, well, you, you can't laugh. And I was like, well, come on. I laugh every day. They're like, it's going to hurt when you laugh. It's going to hurt when you cough. But if you work through, you can't sleep. I couldn't sleep on a bed. I had to sleep on a lazy boy because if you lay flat, your chest opens up. So it was by far the, how should I say, the most painful injury because it stopped me from laughing and enjoying myself. It stopped me from talking a little bit. But I also did not miss a game. I played through that year, and I was MVP of the defense. So I was proud of myself for, like, you know, just mentally beating that situation and saying, just just keep going. Bryant, um, if I recall correctly, Fred joined the team uh, at a time when you were coming into your fourth season. Uh, Corin Robinson just joined the team. Troy Williamson Mm -hmm. just joined the team. Um, Was it a different vibe then, the newcomers? Or how, how quickly did Fred acclimate himself to the group? Fred came in right away. I feel like he kind of knew people already. That's how I was seeing. Fred got a big personality, so I feel like it was already he drew people to him, and um, he was very social already. Um, it was a lot of new guys that did kind of come in around that time as well. So it was kind of like a a new locker room because when I got there in 02, it was a new locker room, and then like around 05, four years later, it was like a lot of new people that came in again. And also with that, BMAC, so you were being a member of the team and being an important member of that offense particularly, but what is it like from your standpoint during the free agency period when you bring in a guy, do any players, are they aware of moves that 
that the front office is looking to make? Like, do they say, hey, we're looking at this guy, we're looking to bring him in, or are you completely blindsided mm-hmm. by it? I, I don't. If they, I mean, if people know, it's just they probably ask questions. I didn't know. Um, but I knew, like, when he came, I knew I had already knew up for it, so I was aware of the type of player he was when he came in, but I didn't know that they were looking for, you know, looking at him or anything. Okay. Fred, no, you they t- don't let us know anything. Like they don't let us know. Anything. <laughs> That's like a quarterback. It's one person, the quarterback. He's privy to pretty much everything. Now, if they were gonna bring in a quarterback that year with B Mac being the left tackle, they probably would have set him down and said, "You know what? We're thinking about bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo. How you feel about it?" But if it's not the quarterback or the defense's quarterback, which is the middle linebacker, they ain't gonna Ray really Lewis in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, they ain't gonna really run it past. You. Okay. Fred, you uh, so you had the two stints in Washington, and Ron touched on this a couple minutes ago. Um, and now yeah. they've changed their name and everything, kind of a rebrand. Um, are, yeah. do you do you believe that the the reports of how it's toxic there, the culture is nasty or rotten? Is that overblown or is it recent or what's the deal? Uh, I think it's what everything else is. We're going through such a change in society that we're calling out all that old BS that used to. <laughs> It gets swept under the rug. So now everybody's getting called out. Uh, Jerry Jones supposedly got a love daughter here that's 25. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen, so like, I've seen that. So everybody's getting called out. And like I said, what they what the Washington team did a good job of was cleaning out everything from the front office to the, the trainer to everybody that was here. They just cleaned it out, started it all over. And that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Now, how I feel about the new name? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, you know how you know how your daughter get married and she take on a new last name like Jenkins and you don't really want her to be a Jenkins, but you still love your daughter. <laughs> I, I still love my daughter, but her new last name, you know, I was I was really with the Red Bulls. I just thought it was it was time to get a dog in the NFL for us to be yeah. so tough. Alpha males, we got like five birds from Cardinals to Falcons to Ravens. We got no dogs. So I thought it was time to get a dog in the NFL, and we did. And I understand what they want to do with the commanders. I think they really want to attach to the uh, military. And I think they really wanted to kind of fit in with the nationals and the capitals. Mm-hmm. So they chose the longest name in sports, the Washington <laughs> Commanders. Yeah. There's, ten, there's 10 letters in Washington and 10 letters in Commanders. Congratulations. It's the longest name in sports. Were, were you on board initially from moving on from the other team name? Oh, yeah. And okay. the good thing about it is my time in Minnesota, which most people don't understand, is all the casinos are on uh, reservations, all right? So, mm-hmm. therefore, I got to meet tons of Native Americans, plus with me being from Mississippi, tons of them. And I ask some questions and stuff. And if you, if one person feel like it's racist, yeah, okay. it, it's time for change. And, and, and think about it, guys. If I told you somebody want to name a mascot after you in a tutorial red way, would you think, right. you know, all right, yeah, just name the mascot after me. Nobody wants to be your mascot. So I totally understood them, and I was totally ready to move on. Okay. I don't know if I was ready for a commander, though. Yeah. You know, it's funny you, you bring that up. Benjamins from what I heard, right? <laughs> huh? You guys wanted uh, Benjamins as the name. That's what oh, I read on thing. We could have went presidents and just – and Ben Money Green and put that Barack Obama helmet on. We could have did anything. Could have had to be your QB again if you went that way. Yeah. Well, hey, you know. We could have did anything. 
it's funny because you say that like and yeah like redskins always seem like that one team name where it definitely did have that derogatory feel to it like indians braves chiefs like that always feels like a term of endearment now the indians logo on the other hand that might be a little different story but uh yeah it does seem like daniel snyder had his roots in that but uh um but anyway so back to kind of the more football type talk so you know you come from mississippi state and you know i and again i I'm a little bit younger than you, not much, but it, mm-hmm. before you, I, I don't recall many Mississippi State like players making impact in the NFL. How dare but, you? Don't but, you but, dare! Don't no, you no. dare say that! How Hold dare on. you say that? Hold on, you, you ain't never heard of Eric Mould. Okay, huh? yes, okay, Eric Mould. No, you ain't never heard of these guys. <laughs> again, I'm saying from my generation, from me being a little bit younger, I'm saying okay, but I'm turning it into a good way. I'm saying since you like, I'm looking at the name or the list of names that have come from Mississippi State since you've been there, and now I know they're in the SEC and they like you know they're never in that Alabama like the Georgia yep. class, but you look at the talent that these guys are putting out there, like whether it's Darius Slay, you know, I think Fletcher yeah. Cox, like you know, and I'm just going off the top of my head on some of these guys that are out there, but man, they. It seems like every year there's a guy like you know Cam Dantzler. Yep, like these guys yep. that Listen, like they, you are they totally can play right. all ball now. You're totally right. I Alabama has the numbers. I we have the quality. They <laughs> had a quantity. We have the quality, and this is the way it goes. All right, check this out. Alabama ain't got a quarterback in the league better than Dak Prescott. That's one of nope, my dog nope, brothers. Nope. <laughs> they ain't got a do- yep. they ain't got a D tackle better than Chris Jones. All right, from yep, the Chiefs, yep. Fletcher Cox. Now, they ain't got nobody on that type level, <laughs> right, playing to that level in the league. All right, let's not go with the big play slaves of the world. No, the, right. The Preston and, Smiths of the world. Like, I can right. keep on going. And we got a first rounder that could be a top five pick this year with Charles Cross. Yep, tackle. Tackle. Uh, and that's six, where my seven, question. 330 pounds. And that's where, like, my question is kind of alluding to. Like, obviously, BMAT comes from a program where, like, Miami, like, his year especially or his team, you look at the talent on it. But, like, like, where my question was going is, what was it about the Mississippi State culture? Like, obviously, I know you're from Mississippi, but what was it that kind of they're able to have that sustained success with having those, like – top level or top level talent players and being able to sustain that because year over year, like they seem to always have an impact player that makes their way into the NFL and isn't just a starter, but like, is like you said, Chris Jones and Fletcher Cox, mm-hmm. these guys that are dominant. Uh, like what is it about Mississippi state out there that the rest of the, the country might not know about? And don't forget Jeffrey Simmons either. Cause he dominates. No? Oh, yeah, right? yeah. All right, yeah. Let's be honest. All right. Well, the thing is I was looking at the stuff the other day and they had my state, how many people had a Hall of Famers? And they did it also by population. And of course, Mississippi with 3 million population over the last 20, 30 years was at the bottom of the population, but at the top of the list of, of Hall of Famers from Brett Favre, Jerry Rice. You know, we got a goat farm in Mississippi. That's what we do. We farm goats. All right, that's what we do. All right, so at the end of the day, I think it's just, Mississippi, during my time and the time afterwards, they focus on keeping the athletes in state. When you got Alabama to the left, LSU to the right, Texas, uh, Florida right there, they come cherry and pick all our best players. They come cherry and pick all our best players. They never stay at home to represent. Well, luckily, my year, me, Deuce McAllister, Terrence Metcalf, all us end up staying in state, and we was top. Both of us was ranked in the top 10 that year. So I think it's when you warring in the SEC is how many homeboys can I get and how many of your guys can I steal? 
And guess what? We've been doing a great job. We stole Dak from Louisiana. Like LSU wasn't even offering him a scholarship. They haven't had a quarterback to do what he did in 20 years. So the thing is, who can we get that you overlook and who can we steal that you counted us out from? I thought in your your speech there we would at least get a Cameron Dantzler reference, but but nothing. Well, you know I love I love Cam, I love Cam, but Cam ain't quite at the level of Slay. Cam got a little ways sure. to go. No, right? Slay, Slay's one of the top. Jonathan Abram yeah, too. Cam like, got like, a little got, ways like, to go, but Jonathan Abram, Jonathan Abram, the safety for the Raiders is the truth. Mark my word, he's a top five safety in this league. He's got league. a lot of Jonathan Sean Abram. Taylor in him, minus that size. <laughs> yes, he, he, he is mean. He's mean as hell, just like Sean was when it comes to that safety. He's, he's just a little little, like that's me. all. That's all, yeah. <laughs> all right, Fred, it's time to ask you about um, my favorite topic on this show, and that is my least favorite person, Brad Childress. Coming, he's going to in turn call the play, then pull me to the side. 
I'm setting this play up because every time uh, Green Bay and Brett Favre go no backs, they throw the ball quick. I want you to jump it. All right, so once you're like, if I jump it and they run a double move, I know when I come back to the sideline, he ain't mad. You told me to jump it. Like, you know, so at the end of the day, he was one of those guys. He wants you to succeed, but he also wants you to succeed through his mind. And this, he's one of them teachers. He want to share his mind with him. And you're exactly right. If we hire Tumlin, I probably stay. I'm probably not asking the league because I we just have a knew Super he was going to set you up Tomlin. for success. Well, you know, you got coaches that want to be the reason you uh, succeed, and you got coaches that just set you up for success because it's going to come our way around. And children's want it to be, want it to be the, the reason, reason we yeah, succeed. Exactly. And I've said that before. And yeah, yeah I- B you have. And I will say, like, I've been saying this about Tomlin for a while. Like, he goes from being a cover two Tony Dungy guy to Pittsburgh, where they're the, the epitome of three, four defense, disguising things and doing all that. And you can tell in his coaching philosophy that he is hands off, but his knowledge is there because he lets them do their thing, lets the defensive coordinator do his thing. And, but he has the knowledge. So I'm glad and to he, hear like and a he's a Jedi. And he, and he played Jedi mind tricks on you. So don't <laughs> sit there and look in Tom and eyes and have a conversation with him. He will play Jedi mind tricks on you. So I was, but I forgot about this. Uh, Chili sat you in a, in a game, right? Did he? I read that he sat you after the opening drive. For He said it was for discipline reasons, but he said it's between you and him. Oh, was that Detroit? I think so. Yeah. I think I must have went out that night and got wasted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we you all in there. No, no, no. That was what it was. We had got into it earlier that week about something. And I think I was late for a meeting or something, or maybe late on the road coming for a meeting. And he used that as a teaching lesson, you know, to let me know that he was in control and I wasn't in control. But that, that was fine. It was fine. Like, like I said, I didn't really endure to him no way. Like, he was never one of my favorites. So if he didn't like me, I knew one thing about coaches. They come and they go. But the players, nine times time, if you're doing your job, we'll be there. They won't. So was that like night and day difference for you from Tice to him? Yeah, because Tice was goofy. <laughs> and, and Chili was a, a disciplinarian. He came in there like, I don't even want y'all talking on the way to the meeting. Like, he just came there, like, like changing everything. Like, you could say he had an aura that you could tell no players felt comfortable around him. He ain't the coach that when we walk into the meeting, you're going to have two, three players walking beside him, talking to him. No, he's going to walk everywhere by himself. He's a long ranger. Yuck. Yeah, that's yeah, he's one I of those persons that don't know their breath stink. He's one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> He's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Tom, what do you got for Fred? Well, I wanted to talk about Childress, but you covered that pretty well. Uh, that's my <laughs> subject. Yeah, yeah. Ch- yeah. Childress, Childress and Tice, that's all sell. <laughs> and, and don't forget, for all the people that we signed that year, we signed a, a Super Bowl type of group of guys. We had the worst draft of all time. All right, we drafted the first round pick. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. Troy Williamson, bless his soul. God bless his soul. Yeah, he's been on with us before. And Erasmus James, two of the worst first rounders. One is a wide receiver that can't see. The (laughs) other one is a DN that can't put his hand in the dirt. I didn't know what the hell they were doing. Like, I was like, how can you miss out on both picks? And don't forget, we got those picks for one Randy Moss. Y'all know that, right? 
Uh, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't talk. We don't talk about Bruno. Randy Moss for Napoleon Harris, Troy yeah. Williamson in the in. in B Mac right. loves Napoleon Harris too, right? <laughs> yeah, I like. I love Napo. I love Napo. Brian but did not. You don't trade. No, I know. I know. I, know. That was, I know that was sarcasm. <laughs> that was sarcasm from our previous discussions there. So, yeah, he's the one who snitched on me. Yep. yep. Allegedly, <laughs> I, 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 oh, Napo snitched on you. Napo. Well, they don't shock me. He a politician now. Politicians snitch all the time. He still, he still reaches <laughs> out to me about different things too, and it's like, stop texting me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure Napo. You know, Napo was a do-gooder. He was one of them guys. He had to do everything the right. But way. you don't, you don't speak on me if I'm not in the room. That's how I feel. I feel like that too. That's why I say everything in everybody's face. Right. Well, speaking and, of that, uh, how was guarding Troy Williamson in practice? What? Did, how did that go? No problem. Well, <laughs> here's the thing about fast guys. It's a reason why every guy that run a 4-2 at the combine never is good in, in football. John Ross stinks at football. Fast is 40. And, and the, the one thing is Hayward fast dude, the one thing he can only do is one run route. All right? He can run a go route because every other route, if he's going to run a comeback, it takes him five, six steps to stop. And if, if I, a fast guy can't stop, he can't beat you as a corner. That's why you need to be fast and quick. Santana Moss is a mixture of fast and quick. Quick is the ability to stop and start. Like most straight line track guys, they cannot stop. So that make them can't run routes. Troy Williamson couldn't stop and he couldn't catch. So I don't know what the hell you drafting a guy that can't catch and he can't stop. Like who's studying the film? And you know, I will Just I will to come to I will come to Troy's defense on this, like, because when we had him on the show, like, again, like, I have that, as a fan, I had that same sentiment. Oh, like, I what love is this? Him as a person. No, I'm just right, reporting right. the news. No, right, but I will say this, like, he's he he seems like very self aware and knowing like how his career ended up, and he flat out had said on our show, like, whether it was the the dealing with the mental side or you know mental health part of it, and like he he admitted he wasn't ready for the NFL, and I commend him for that, like, for to be someone that's self aware to be like, look. Like I, I went through this venture and I just wasn't ready. If I was doing it now at that age, like I'd be successful. Like, so I commend him for that. And he was actually one of our like most insightful guests because we got into some deep, deep conversations about that. And it was uh, good to kind of hear from his perspective because I think the fan base writes him off because he wasn't successful, but like yeah. you forget about that human element side of it. And I was glad to hear him talk about it. And so I, I respect him um, and, and, so and much I think from that. People forget. I think people forget because they watch us from like high school to freshman in college to senior in college. They forget some of us still 19, 20, 21, 22. Oh, yeah. We're still so young. To, and, and I've always wondered this, like, I, I don't know. I just maybe I'm one of these people because I've never been like Starstruck. I never asked anybody to autograph or nothing. Even to this day, Barack Obama is the only autograph I've ever gotten. But I always wondered walking into a stadium as a 21-year-old, how is this 45-year-old man looking up to me? How am I his idol? And I'm 21 years old, and he's a man with a family, finna have grandkids. How the hell does he look for me for his happiness? And why is he looking up to me? Like, I've never understood that. You gave me a lot to think about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think, I think it's the thing about, I think it's, how many people do y'all get to watch see grow up? We got to see Michael Jackson grow up. We got to see, like, we get to see stars grow up. 
And I think that's the intimate part about it. Like you mm-hmm. watch us as children, but then you turn around and watch us as 40 year olds and you watch us as 50 year olds. So, you know, as much as our ups and downs we go through, the fans go through it with us. So I think that's where the connection starts at. Yeah, Fred, on that, I, I'm 38 and I go to all the Vikings home games and I do the same thing sometimes. I'm like, why do I care about this so much? I mean, I, I do. Like, there's no mistake about it. But I'll sometimes be driving home, especially after a loss, thinking to myself, like, it's just this these guys with leather. Like, why do I care about this? <laughs> well, I think I think more, I think it's an outlet for you. It's yeah. an outlet for your, from Absolutely your norm, mm-hmm. from your normal job, from your normal life. From uh normal ups and downs, it's that it's that one four hour lock of the day that you get to get lost in yourself. Like no mm-hmm. responsibility, no bills to pay, <laughs> no nothing. Give me a beer and give me a hot dog or a hamburger and let's go kick their ass. So I think that's where you get lost at in it. I think where we get lost when it comes to the fans is when they carry it into the week. Wednesday, Thursday, and they started getting at you like, I don't think you'll never know how it feels to get burnt on Sunday, go to the grocery store on Wednesday, and somebody asks you, what the hell happened on that place? Didn't you see me get burnt? You know what the hell happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. On uh, the, So when I asked you about the, the Washington Commanders, um, I also wanted to ask about, you had a couple – stretches or seasons where you played uh, with Greg Williams as your head coach. I love it. Yeah. And so I want to know, is that, is that another gentleman that, you know, we get the wrong vibe about? Is yes. He- Cause he's a mad scientist. Like people don't even know he went to Ivy league. This guy's a genius. He's smart as hell. All right. And this is what I want to know. Uh, Cause it, Greg Williams didn't get his black eye to bounty gate. Bounty gate is when he got his black eye. Now let me ask you this. What does my owner pay me for as a corner linebacker and defensive lineman? They pay me to go hit people and hurt them, right? So mm-hmm. why are you mad because me and Big Mac traded money in his sentence for me to go hit people and hurt people? <laughs> like, this is a walking contradiction. I'm already paid to hurt people. So if I'm going to trade money with my teammates to see who can hurt somebody first, what's the difference? What? And they've been doing this in football forever. We do this when we broke in high school. We have this stuff like we ever do it. Get this. like we we just have this stuff. It goes with sports. See, I hate when people bring reality to the forefront and act like it never happened. It's been a part of the culture of sports forever. Nobody just wants to come out and say it. And I went on CNN and I came out and said. Don't get mad when you pay me to do something that you already paid me to do. And I trade money with the same people you paid to hurt people. I think about this. I'm six feet. At the time I was playing 185 pounds. I don't know if y'all seen Big Mac, but he's a big damn man. (laughs) Now, my job is to run past him. Now, if I'm running past him, his job is to knock me to the sideline. You know how many times he knocked DBs to the sideline with no recluse that they hurt or not? Because he didn't care. He didn't care. He got a job to do. I got a job to do. I just never understood why they made it such a walking contradiction and made it like, oh, we I'm, I'm shocked that they're doing this. You pay us to hurt each other anyway. Isn't there isn't there a distinction between tackling and injuring? No. No. I tackle to injure. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've ever heard it that way before. All right, think about this. You know when they used to sell the NFL by showing running lot knock somebody oh, head yeah. off. I, Ray Lewis, yeah. Eric Turner, uh, Lawrence Taylor, 
Steve like, Atwater will never go over the middle. It wasn't no fools and odds unless it was a hit. It's like selling wrestling. If we sell wrestling with that body slamming, it ain't wrestling. All right, well, they, they was they were that's what we was doing. We was playing a physical sport, being physical, doing it. Like I say, the politics got in the way and it became very optics. It was all about the optics then instead of the truth. So I will say this, like as a kind of not a rebuttal, but just an addition to that. Like I'm all for the big hits and that the violence of the sport because that's what it is. But when you go outside of the rules to try to like you know again like the Saints of Brett Favre, like the the late hits, the rolling up on ankles, that type of stuff. That's where like. I get lost with it. Like, and I know, you know, the video of Greg Williams telling the team, like, you know, Frank Gore, like he's coming off of an injury, you know, take him out. Michael Crabtree, oh, you know, that type of stuff. <laughs> grab me a rebel. I listen to me. Hey, I'm That's a bitter Vikings fan that was tossed the Super Bowl in 09 because of we, what I feel is Greg Williams. We look at, we look at the injury report to see what's injured. I, why do you think cornerbacks never put anything on the injury report? Because if I put something on the injury report, the quarterback know it and the wide receiver know it, and they're going to throw at me just because the CMI. But I mean, Jacobs would know it. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, Jacobs you, almost killed me for six you, years. <laughs> almost killed me dead. All right, so what I'm saying is, no, it ain't no wrong way and, and right way at that time to hit anybody. You was hitting people to inflict pain. I, you can't tell somebody to tear down the pain. Now they have dialed it down. The new mm-hmm. NFL have dialed it down. It's a less physical sport. And now people can play for 25 years like Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, if B-Mac went out and took picked up Dwight Freeney like the Undertaker and choke slammed him, you know, like that. We, like, hey, we would have <laughs> gave him a pancake award. We would have gave him a free ticket to our house. Like, it wasn't going to be like we're going to – there was nothing wrong with that. That's uh, called inflicting pain. That's setting the tone. Okay. Um, so, yeah, all right. No, I get it. I get, you know, I it's great to hear your perspective on that. For someone who played for that, for, for that man. So that's great. Again, I'm bitter because he, I feel like he cost my team, my franchise, the Super Bowl in 09. So Brian got his later, but that he was wearing a different and color. And I, purple, I know so. how I feel because I did. I was drafted by a team in Washington that do have three Super Bowl trophies. But until I got to Minnesota, I never knew. Before I got there, that they hadn't they hadn't won a Super Bowl yet. I would have <laughs> most successful the team purple, to never do it. <laughs> I thought the purple people eaters. Now, actually, that'll be Buffalo. Buffalo is the more successful team that didn't do it because they went to three Super Bowls in a that row. That was a four, and four still, in a row. Four in a row. Four in a row, and still didn't get a ring. But I was shocked that the guys in the past, yeah, the Frank yeah. Tarkinson, but that yeah. they never got one. Yeah. I was very shocked about that. So. All right. No, it, yeah, it's great uh, conversation about about all that. So um, I'm going to be I, I would be mad at my future self if I had Fred Smoot in a conversation and I, and I didn't ask about the question that everyone wants to know about. So I don't know if anyone else is going to do it, but I'll go ahead and do it. So You're taking so all my we're, stuff. We're, this is my uh, y'all never spoke about the love boat one time <laughs> in a year I, on this, this show. So, and hey, so okay, I came on. on okay, Sally, you go ahead. You take it away. Hey, you, make it Okay, I'll ask it from the from the standpoint of uh, more so like the the backlash that obviously the media is like is a lot different nowadays than it was back back then when it happened. Obviously, Alan Almas is still out there and still running Minnetonka. And obviously, like I'm I live in Eden Prairie. My wife's from Minnetonka. Everything was very well, at least like the the, the reports were documented to a point. Obviously, we'll never know. If you want to get into it, we can. Uh, But what I want to ask is, how did that affect you? Like, because in my mind, I look at it as 
there was a bunch of consenting adults that were doing adult consensual things that there were no problems like whatever no big deal it's fine it wasn't darren sharper wasn't involved bill cosby those guys like you know <laughs> no offense to, the, to your former teammates but it seemed like it was something that took place and the media blew up and it happens you're not a, you might not be following the minnesota local media but every year it gets brought up because it's hey here's the anniversary of the love boat here's this what what <laughs> has tagged, somebody tagged me on something before <laughs> it was like in the newspaper a couple years ago and i was like what and like so, y'all still like the 15 year anniversary or something. I'm like, what? So what I want to know is from two of the guys. So okay, so Fred, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something like they may they have a joke in the local media here. Well, you know in baseball when they play two games in one days, it's a called double header. Yep. Yeah. And here local they media call they, call the the Fred, they call it the Fred Smoot. <laughs> so you got that? You, you're you're always in the the Minnesota lore from that. So I'll I'll give you that, but it's always like no one ever says it in a derogatory way because it's always it's a joke, it's a laughing matter, it's all fun. So but from your perspective, what was it or how did that follow you? How did that happen? Like, you know, your as your career went on and post career with you guys being attached to that and, you know, the incidents that were reported, um it, like how how has that impacted your life on this side of it? First of all, uh, it was the most overrated party reported on in life because Team if, we that party, if we throw that party in D.C., New York, Miami, California, y'all ain't never hear about it. Nobody right. care. We just we just another group of people partying because it was in the Midwest. And it was in Minnetonka and, still, and where Prince Yeah, where they still yeah. wear their pasties <laughs> and stuff, you know, yeah. Of course, they was not going to be able to handle it. And it was more romanticized. It was the most romanticized story I have ever been a part of. But I remember talking to my agent, Buzz Cook, and he ain't heard me worried before, but I hit him up and I was worried. I was like, what you think going to happen? He's like, boy, y'all ain't did shit. They just making a big thing out of you going to be all right. And in this world, you either going to be famous or you going to be infamous. And this situation going to make you infamous. And that's gonna make you famous the rest of your life for it, and you'll be attached to it. But guess what? Don't worry about it, nothing comes from it. They drag us through the mud, take us through all months of BS just to give us a a disturbing piece ticket, right? On Lake Minnesota, I paid ten thousand dollars for a lawyer, and I paid forty five dollars for a ticket. (laughs) So that tells you. What's going on in the situation? Like now that we're in 2022, and now I can I can go up Instagram and I can watch a, a whole family twerking, mama, sister, cousin, everybody twerking. So now, so now there's it, it, nothing wrong with it. So now it's every day. Now it's normal. If they right. told you some athletes went into a strip club, I had the strip club go to a boat. Nobody even second guessing. They going on. That right. ain't news. Uh, it was news at that time because of Minneapolis. That's why and, it was new. They want it. Like, for some reason, I think they got a love-hate relationship with the Vikings. They love the oh. Vikings players, but they also love to hate the Vikings players. Absolutely. After that, I'm not going to tell you what I had spray-painted in my front yard. I'm not going to tell Uh-oh. you what the city since of Eden Prairie did to my front yard after that. But at the end of the day, it was just one of them things where I think the players, we went through more then the situation was worse. Because you had some of them players lost their wife. I might, My girlfriend might have broke up with me, but at least she got back with me six months later. But you had some people use their wife, lost their family. Some people got cut, lost their career. 
I remember Ziggy Whip coming in there. He had just brought the team. He yeah. couldn't even talk. It was like literally like he was fidgeting out his mouth like, ooh, somebody get cut today. Like he was right. literally, I can't believe y'all pissed in their yard. I can't like, believe y'all. He did say that. Yeah, That's I can't believe I y'all. And, and in my head, I'm like, hey, when people get full of alcohol, they're going to take a piss somewhere. Like, hey, listen. That's what I find the funniest is, like, all this, like, was going on, but y'all got caught because you were pissing in a yard somewhere. Like, and then that, like, and that. You said that out of all things. Up. I was like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, but they, they couldn't say nothing else because nobody, nobody. There. It. Like, it, these charges were filed by the uh, waitress. And she didn't file him. She told her mom, like, hey, I, I was just on a boat with some Vikings with some, some girls. And she called the news. It was never a criminal. It didn't start off criminal. No. It started no. off the and news. And then he said somebody died to investigate the um boat, and they didn't clean up, like, a lot of things. A lot of things were left behind. So yeah. They were able to put this together. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, Brian will always say, like, this is a team building because y'all went on a... It was. It was team building. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we left things on the boat in the name of the Lord. Dick Kirk <laughs> on a boat on Lake Minnetonka. It's definitely team building. And know what? You know what? No matter what, the Fred Smoot will always live on. Whenever there's a day night doubleheader playing at the at Target Field, you live in infamy here. <laughs> hey, hey! Once you've been, ain't but two people been watching the waters of Lake Minnetonka. That's me and Prince. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Fred. Well, I'm from about two hours south of you on 95 in Richmond. So I got to tell you, I don't get this whole lake life thing, this Minnetonka stuff. It's weird to me, too. They act like it's holy water or something in there. So, oh, I what you got to realize there's 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. And oh, I've heard. Happened, that happened to be that one that all the lakes gravitate towards. That's the one right there. That's the holy grail of mm-hmm. Minnesota. Exactly. Um, but I'm wondering, what does it feel like? What did it feel like at the time that it was pretty much you and BMAC that it, it got blamed on and you two were the center of attention? And I didn't realize this, but you two were the only ones that got fined. Uh, Mo Williams got fined, too. Uh, oh, he did? Couple, oh, OK. We just became the face of it. And I was yeah. shocked that I was the face of it because I don't think I really did. I was the new guy. Yeah. I just got here like i didn't know listen i was just down for whatever however they want to do it i was down <laughs> for it but i think i think the rap is you got i think the rap is you organized it yeah that's what they, that's what they said i don't know who organized it he, how no, would he know was, how to book no, a boat this is what happened before i got there they didn't throw this on the boats they threw this they would buy they uh rent a club and shut the club Allegedly. down for the night Nobody could come in. Well, when I got there, that club that they used to rent, it was closed. It wasn't open no more. So then they, all the veterans like, well, where are we going to throw it at? They threw out a couple of people's house, and nobody was down with letting it go through their house. That was a great thing. So then this is where I come in at. We chilling, and I'm like, hey, it's the fucking land of 10,000 lakes. Let's just rent a boat. That's what the fuck I said. All right, that's all. <laughs> That's all. And that's, I was the game. Sound like the only one me. <laughs> <laughs> and I became the boat captain just because I said those words. And then I said this. For me to be the new guy and me to look back on history, Vikings been doing this since the 1700s. Right? We ain't the first group. I saw this shit. Like, this shit been happening since the beginning of history. 
<laughs> Except yours was consensual. Theirs yes, in the 1700s might not consensual. have been. Come on. Right. I don't care who cares what consensual what yeah, adults exactly. want to do. If it's exactly. consensual. It was so weird. I did appreciate great headlines, but the sex education though, I did learn a lot back then. I was like 17, so I got to learn a lot. Well, you know, you don't know until you know. And if, if yeah. you want for us putting it out there for the world to see that you know what? <laughs> You can take some tools in there all the time. You ain't just got to go in by yourself. Take some tools in there. <laughs> I've learned that that's a great advice. <laughs> so, uh, Fred, as we wind down here, uh, I want to ask this. So you and your career played for two teams, Washington yeah. and Minnesota. Wouldn't you know it? The quarterback of the current Vikings has that same resume. I want to know, is yep. your perception of him that he is kind of like a Matthew Stafford-like dude who can win and win with a, a roster that's star-studded, or do you have him pegged as a habitual 500 type of dude? A habitual line stepper. No, he is not a Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is talented through the roof. He just moved to a ghetto neighborhood and bought the biggest damn house in it. Now, I tell you about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a businessman because I have never seen a quarterback be 59, 59, and two. This is this is close to 500 as you can ever be. Hey, Eli Manning's one sixteen, one sixteen. Hey, yes, sir. But <laughs> he's, he won got a the, Super Bowl. he's got the hardware. He's got like, the, two, listen, the two hardware. Yes, this guy is five hundred over five hundred, and no playoff, barely no playoff wins. He's grossed two hundred and seventy million guaranteed dollars in the last six years. All right, he showed you that in the league, you don't got to be no great quarterback. You just got to be good and bank on yourself. Remember this, uh, Viking fans. Before y'all came, got Kurt. Y'all had uh, who's the quarterback at the time? Case Keenum. Case Keenum, and y'all was one play away from the Super Bowl. Y'all feel one player. Y'all came, got Kurt, and paid him a hundred and fifty million. Y'all ain't been back to the playoffs since. Y'all team we, has went we went back. We, we beat the Saints in a uh, uh, couple years after. I will say this though. So, like, congratulations! Like, there, I know, right? there, there was lightning in a bottle that year. Was great. I will say this. I was in Philly, and yes, like I survived that experience in Philly for that championship game. And uh, um, if we have Kirk, I even though we lost thirty-eight seven, I'm confident if we had Kirk, we win that game because there were two opportunities that we had. Like we were up seven, nothing Keenum throws on third and four throws a pick six to Patrick Robinson. He runs it back before that interception. The stadium was dead silent after that. It was, it erupted. It was loud. And then we were down 17 to seven. We had an opportunity to score and Keenum fumbles. Then they go and hit Alshon Jeffrey deep left side for a long hey, touchdown hey, 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 before halftime. So. In sports, don't you ever say the word if, because if was a fifth, we all be drunk. If don't matter. <laughs> The reason, y'all, you can't compare uh, him to Kirk, I mean, to Kirk to him, because Kirk wouldn't have got y'all there. Right? You wouldn't have never been there. Case got y'all there. You can't just get, get, let this guy get you there, then insert Kirk Cousins to finish it off. No, Kirk wouldn't have got you there. Listen to me. I love Kirk as a person. Great dude. Nothing against him. I'm just here to report sports. <laughs> and in sports, Kirk Cousins is as mediocre as you get, it's no defensive back scared of Kirk Cousins. It's no wide receiver scared that he gonna outrun his. Own, I mean, un, underrun his own. Why do you think Stephon Stephon Diggs got out of there? 
Stephon Diggs got out of their career has blossomed, like because he got somebody that can literally put the ball up to him. Kirk don't got the strongest arm. Kirk ain't the best leader, and Kirk ain't clutch. So what the hell do you got? You got a cottage you can't take road trips with. Well, I do. I think let me let me uh, rebut that then for a second. So what are you, what's your impressions on Justin Jefferson? His first two years in the NFL. Hey, this guy is premium unleaded gas. Now, okay. now if he had somebody with gas with an arm that could really scratch the field with him, he'd well, be even more though? dangerous. Who's his Kirk quarterback? Cousins, the, Kirk yeah. Cousins. Let me let me call out Kirk Cousins last five years of receiving. Why was here? He had the uh, Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. He got there and had Thielen and Diggs. He got there and then he had Thielen and Jeff. He keep quarter. I mean, keep wide receivers. He is the catalyst. He's the reason y'all are moving backwards. He's what was the, the running game like in Washington when he was there? Fat Rob uh, Kelly had, and Alfred Morris and uh, we had Alfred Morris. We could run the ball. Y'all got Devin Cook. Y'all yeah, got we everything y'all need besides a cow. All right, y'all got everything y'all need besides a cow. His name Jess Kirk. All right, listen, he's good at football, but I don't know if he he's plays. Great at business. He's great at yeah, business. He's great yes. at business. So I don't know. If I he's agree with you there. Right, you don't Fred. think well, that there's a, that there's a, like when your defense is bottom five in the league two years in a row and uh, giving up points left and right, you don't think that plays into it? Like if you uh, yeah, if you run a defense, we, yeah, that gave when you up put your defense points. in bad positions. Let me tell you something about Tom Brady. He know how to slow a, day, a game down. He knows when to speed the game up. Kirk just out there taking calls from the coach and doing what he say, so he can I'll, go home I'll and wake up that. and do it again. All right? This tells that. me a lot about a quarterback. All right. I'm gonna say. Um, yeah. Also, the, the defense was the, when I got to the Dolphins. That quarterback was like that with the Dolphins. Um, what's his name? Tannehill. Yeah. a big difference now too. When I got here with the Dolphins, it was like he did exactly what they said, but now it's like he has a little more free range to be an athlete. But see, he but needed you, he needed reps because Tannehill played wide receiver in college. In Texas A&M, yep. so yeah. Tannehill, Tannehill just needed reps, so I looked for him to be robotic. But a guy like Kirk that been playing quarterback all his life, this is when I knew something wasn't right with Kirk. We lost the game here, and I was reporting on the game, and one of the players told me after the game they had lost by like 30 points, and all Kirk was worried about in the locker room was the fact that he got over 300 yards. And I said, you know what? That tells me everything I need to know. That tells me well, everything I need to know. He'll stand high. He'll stand high. That could be valid. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But do you think that um, any of his limitations may be because of the head coach that was in place here and maybe handcuffing him in that regard with Zimmer? Uh, Zim, out of all the defensive coaches, I know uh, quarterbacks love offensive coaches. That's why McConnell, he's going to get the best out of Kirk. All right? But I think I think the, the formula was there. He had the formula. Throw when we need to, run when we want to, and play good defense. The formula was there, and it was proven. Y'all made it to the, the championship game with that formula. The defense fell off a lot since then. That's the problem. Like the, they, defense the defense was good in 2018. The, the defense was well, good Well, this is what happens when you give a quarterback $150 million guaranteed. I'm sorry. You can't sign your starting corner. You can't sign your starting linebacker. You can't sign your offensive lineman. That's what happened when you do it. We're watching it happen in Green Bay. Let me tell you one of the biggest illusions of all time. That Green Bay is great. They're not. The town stinks and it's small. Right? And if I told you one city 
has had 40 consecutive years, 40 of a Hall of Fame quarterback, 40 consecutive years, and got two rings to show for it. That's Green Bay. 40 consecutive years of uh, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and they got two rings. That's underachieving. Absolutely. So it's happy to say the NFL. Please keep this in Green Bay. We love that. Well, the (laughs) NFC North, I think, now that I look at it, the NFC North seems to be underachieving. Because Green Bay seems to be the measuring stick, and they've underachieved. The Bears only got the 85 Bears, and Lord, they don't do none in Detroit. <laughs> but rap, all right? That's all they do on third mile. So I don't know. All right, Fred, yeah. we, we are out of time, but we appreciate you uh, joining, sir. Um, would you be open to it, coming back on this summer or something? Yeah, get me back on, especially during the season. Get okay. me back on if I can. I can talk some shit about some people. I like the Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings do play Washington, don't they? Yeah, I play the Commanders. Yeah, yeah. So right, it's well, in well, Washington. Hey, well, guess what? Well, well, I will definitely be there at the game. All right. And I <laughs> well, will I be taking command. I will be enjoying that one. Because, you know, it's going to be a lot of blood there, too, because Kirk going to be coming back. All <laughs> that. It's, it's a lot of ties when it comes to the Vikings in Washington. We, we got a good business relationship yeah. it works yeah there you uh, go we'll, we'll hit you up whatever the schedule doesn't release till about a month from now but we'll hit you up uh when that game comes around and we appreciate it good sir and i want to pray Thanks for all friend. y'all i want to make sure i pray for all y'all because i know minnesota the minneapolis as a whole y'all haven't had a championship since when in any sport 91 Hockey? 91 91, 91. Huh? 1991 I pray for besides the link. All right. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. Appreciate it, Fred. All right, later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.